Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Parents, just don't be a parent. Number two, parents just don't be a teaching parent. Number three, parents also be an encouraging parent. Do you realize how much influence you have over your children by the words you say to them? You see, you want to be an encourager to your kids. You say, well, I don't have that gift. God will give you the gift for your children. You need it. As a parent who's a Christ follower, you're trying to keep the spiritual aspect of parenting in mind. But life just gets in the way many times. Work and school and sports and activities are so in your face every day that it's hard to remember that your kids need spiritual nurturing beyond what happens in the church setting. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the role that parents have, the important role of encouraging your children just like God's encouraging you to grow in your walk with Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. I tell him right up front, Now, when you come in for your premarital counseling, we're going to spend an hour going through these three chapters. If you call for your appointment and you haven't done the three chapters, don't even come in. You say, well, that's really hard. No, it's common sense. Why would I waste an hour of my time with somebody who hasn't done their homework? I'm not the one getting married. They are. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So not long ago, I had a couple come like that. I went, see ya. Have a nice night. Call me when you're ready. And I didn't, wasn't nasty. It's a waste of time. See, I'm hard on myself because I want to grow. I can be hard on other people, and I have to watch it in the pulpit because I can be hard on you. I hope not to be. Sometimes I go home and I went, hmm, got to be more graceful. But why is it? The motive isn't wrong because I know what happens to people who edge out. They fall by the wayside. And for a pastor, there's nothing more disconcerting to watch people fall away. So I have to watch myself that I don't get to whatever. So if that's your gift, it'll make sense to you. You're going to be hard on yourself. And in turn, you're going to be hard on those people that serve with you, work with you, counsel, whatever. Because, by the way, do you think Paul had that? Whoa. All the time. He would constantly do that. Now, turn to Acts chapter 15. I want you to see some neat stuff quick. Here's one of the other things. If you're going to be this encourager, you're going to be growing because you are going to challenge yourself. You've not arrived. I certainly haven't arrived. I challenge myself and others challenge me. I love people that challenge me. 
we watched a video today in the pastor's staff meeting that hit us all between the eyes. It just really challenged. I love it because there's so much more I want to do. Now, here in Acts 15, look at verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Barnabas is another one with this gift. Let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of God. Lord, and see how they're doing. Notice what you see. Here's Paul. Here's Barnabas. This is very important you see this. Here's Paul and Barnabas. Why do they want to go to these churches where they've been? For one reason. They want to see how the spiritual growth is going. That's what an exhorter does. They want to see how the spiritual health is. So they both going to go, let's go back, see what's happening. Now, what they're going to do when they walk in the church is, how are you doing spiritually? Let me just ask you, how are you doing spiritually? Look at your own life. You see, that's what Paul would do. And he's challenged his people to stop and do that. Now, some people say, well, none of your business how I'm doing. <laughs> well, those people need help because it is. And that's the goal of a pastor. Now, verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted him in Pamphylia and not continued with them in their work. Now, they have the same goals, but... Barnabas is a little better the encourager here. He might be more people-oriented at this point. Paul might be more task-oriented. Paul says, look, the guy quit us the last time. I'm not interested in taking Barnabas says, oh, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. He's going to do it. So what you're going to see later is Paul is going to grow in this. Maybe he was a little too much task-oriented here rather than people-oriented. Maybe too much the prophet teacher, not enough the exhorter. Look at verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement. Remember, these people hate disunity, but look what happens. That they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, left, commanded by the brothers. They went to Syria and Sicilia and strengthened the churches. Now, later what happens? Well, we know from Scripture, later Paul would write about Barnabas in 1 Corinthians and say Barnabas was respectful and he really loved this guy. So he kind of mended the fences. Second, Mark did mature under Barnabas' discipleship. He did grow. Barnabas was a great encourager. In fact, he grew so much, he wrote the book of Mark. That's good for a guy that dropped by the wayside. Number three, what does Paul do later with Mark? He says, bring Mark to me. He's very valuable to me. So what do you see? If you're an exhorter, be careful. You don't think you have all the answers. Because you're counseling people or teaching people, you have to grow as well. And there's a picture of Paul growing. And I think it's a beautiful picture. Now, let me just say this to you. Parents. I'll just put it in three steps. Parents, just don't be a parent. Number two, parents, just don't be a teaching parent. Number three, parents, also be an encouraging parent. Do you realize how much influence you have over your children by the words you say to them? You see, you want to be an encourager to your kids. You say, well, I don't have that gift. God will give you the gift for your children. You need it. Can you as a parent see potential in every one of your children? You should be able to. God does. He says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. He said, well, this kid has this IQ and the girl over has this or vice versa. I'm not talking about that. They're all going to be very different. But as you learn, we're all needed in the body of Christ. 
Aren't we? We're all equal. So let me challenge you as a parent. Do you see potential in your children? And are you encouragers or do you just you tear down? Don't tear down. Encourage. Bring them alongside. Yes, you have to admonish them some. For sure. But bring them alongside. Encourage them. Let them see the tremendous potential that God has for them. Are they going to fail? Hello. They're your kids. <laughs> you failed, didn't you? I mean, all of us that are parents, we'd love to have another shot at it, wouldn't we? And that's why we spoil our grandkids. You don't have another shot at it. Parents, if you have them now, be encouragers. Now, what are the dangers if we operate this gift in the flesh rather than the spirit? Let me give you four. These individuals tend to uh, find truth in experience and then validate it with the scripture. And what do I mean by that? A teacher, a prophet, they're always going to the scripture and then applying it. A person with this gift can, in general, go, well, this is kind of what I want to say to this person. Let me find it in the Scripture. And you have to be careful because then you take it out of context. And that's the danger for a pastor teacher, I'll just share with this, who has the gift of exhortation, which is one of my gifts. That's the danger because most pastor teachers quite often teach topically. So they're giving you an opening statement, then trying to hunt for a scripture that goes, oh, that'll do it. That'll fit. I think <laughs> there it fits. OK, I mean, they're not doing that consciously. It's just the way they're made. So as an exhorter, which is one of my gifts and a teacher, what has been more powerful for me? And I think Pastor Dean and Pastor Dave understand the same thing. What's been more powerful for me is to just teach expositionally because the truth is there. Now I just develop around the truth. Do you see the difference? So when you just go through the verses, the truth there, I can't hunt and beg for it. It's right in front of me. So I don't have to try to fit it in. For a counselor, sometimes you do that. You try to find, well, let me find, there's 24 paraphrased Bibles. Let me see if I can find one that fits. And that's not it. Remember what we talked about this week? This word, guys, this word is alive. This is the seed that goes into the soil. You don't have to jerry-rig it. You don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to force it. Just say it, teach it, preach it. It changes lives. Amen? Changes yours. Doesn't matter who's in this pulpit. You know, right under this pulpit, we have a Bible. It's down into the ground, in the cement. Why do we do that? Because that's what we teach here. Number two, if you operate in the flesh with this gift, you're going to get discouraged if there's little change. When a person with this gift outlines these steps of growth and the individual doesn't do them, they feel discouraged and defeated. Number three, this specifically is more for people that counsel. The pastors, myself, those of you in the men's and women's ministry that encourages one-on-one, Andrina specifically, many of you that do lots of counseling, here's the danger. You can operate in the flesh and not the spirit. Why? You can be cut and dry in prescribing steps to maturity. When a person walks in into the room and you know what they're, there's only so many problems we deal with. I mean, everybody has a little flavor of it, but there's a, so pretty soon you go, okay, here's my sheet, six points, see ya. Now, there's nothing wrong with those points, but somewhere in there, the Holy Spirit needs to be speaking to you. 
Because if you treat them like a number, then where's the role of the Holy Spirit in this? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to be very careful you don't give these pat little uh, answers as you as you move along. Number four, as you see people do change and they do grow and they do mature, you have to be careful like all of us do in any area of ministry. You have to be careful of pride. You can become prideful and think, look what I've done. I saved that marriage. That person was so depressed. Look at them now. They're just not, man, I've done terrific. No, you've just been an instrument. God did the work. Now, how do I grow in this gift of exhortation? Number one, first allow the Holy Spirit to be your encourager. You remember the Greek word I told you at the beginning, what that meant? It meant to come alongside. That should have already said to some of you, whoa, I think I've heard that verse before. What is the Holy Spirit? Who is the greatest comforter that we have? It's the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus says? I'm leaving, but I'm leaving another one of the very same kind to do what? By the way, Jesus was the perfect exhorter, comforter, admonisher, come alongside her. That was him. Here it is, John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you. By the way, how long? Forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You have the comforter. If I can't get to somebody to encourage me, I allow the Holy Spirit to encourage me. And how do I do that? You do it through the word because the Holy Spirit's the author of the word. See, you'll come a time when there is nobody around you, but God's there. He's always there. He'll never leave you. So he can be your encourager. There'll be those times when you don't share what really happened. You kind of close yourself up, and that's when the Holy Spirit can come along. Number two, how can I grow in this gift? Make sure the steps of growth, again, are biblically based. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 just for a moment. One of the things, and let me just say this in a way you'll understand the truth. Satan always imitates the real things of God. With the Holy Spirit, what is one of the greatest things that the Holy Spirit does? Well, he's truth, but he's a comforter, an exhorter, an encourager, brings joy to our lives. And how has the church used that? Well, we use it through the Word of God, and in these last years... And nothing wrong with this, but I think you have to be careful, and I'll tell you my take on it. The world has opened the world of counseling. So they're trying to exhort, admonish, correct, fix marriages, change peoples. And we have the 12-step this, and the 47-step this, and the 9-week came this, and whatever. All of these things, it's okay. I'm not knocking it, but understand this. Notice what we just said. Make sure the steps of growth are what-based? Biblically based. Psychology is not biblically based. It's worldly based. It's not based on the scripture. And so we have to be very careful. So if you go to any of our counselors here, on staff, any of the pastors, we counsel you from the word of God. That's what's life. You go to a secular counselor, they may be very wise, and there's many good ones. We even use some. We use some very well-trained secular counselors outside of the church that are born-again Christians. 
and counsel by the word. So when there, when there's a problem that kind of is over our ability, we send that to a number of individuals in the community who are educated in the world, but Christians and biblically based. And we do that. But by and large, most counselors do not give their advice on biblical principles. Well, what are you going to get? See how the world has imitated it? The very thing that the church should be doing. Now, let me make a statement to you so you'll understand. Where should most exhorting, encouraging, building up, and admonishing take place in the religious setting? Where should most of it take place? Where do you think it should take place? There's two places. Actually, three places it should take place. Where should, let me ask you, where should most of your encouraging, admonishing, exhorting, challenging to grow, get you back in line, where should that take place? In the home with your private devotions. When you're in the Word of God, can the Word of God encourage you? Does it challenge you and go, what was that? What was, what were you doing there yesterday, Balmer? Okay, okay, okay. Has the Word ever done that to you? Well, sure it has. So first place is in my private devotions. Where's the second place? Right here. Do you think you can be admonished, encouraged, Challenge to grow here in church? Well, sure you are. So that's the second place. Where's the third place? Small group setting. Why? Because some of you need somebody to look you right in the eye. And you, you'll open yourself to somebody that knows you. Quite often you won't with a, with a person you don't know. So let's think about the three places. One at home, because the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Two here in the public setting, most counseling, encouraging, admonishing building should happen. Three, small group setting. If you're not in a small group, you need to get in one. Now, what has the world said to that? Well, no, that's not true. You need counseling forever till Jesus comes. No, you don't need counseling forever till Jesus comes. And so, what do we do here in a church when people come? And so you'll understand why we have these policies. The elders have set these policies. Say somebody comes and becomes a Christian, and they come here in this fellowship, and this happens a lot, and and they they get saved. What do I try to do when they come in for counseling? Because they'll have all these other problems because they haven't been serving God. We try to get them into first steps or one-on-one discipleship. Why? Because they need to get the basics first. See, if a person doesn't have the basics, when they come in with a marriage problem, a money problem, all these things, the counseling is going to be very difficult because they have no foundation. They have no foundation. So we're not into, do you realize if we just put a sign out says counseling, do you know how busy we'd be in this church? Are you kidding me? We, we'd have no, you would never hear me speaking because you'd have no time to study. So I want to challenge you tonight where you understand that as you mature, we all need counseling. That's why we have people on staff. That's why I counsel all the pastors. come. That's good. Come. We'll be glad to counsel you. But where is most of the counseling going to come from? The Holy Spirit, who is the counselor from the Word of God. So you say to people, how you doing, that thing? Well, I missed church the last six weeks. And I don't mean that. Well, hello, are there going to be problems? Tell me, are there going to be problems? Well, sure there's going to be problems. And so you have to be careful. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has to be biblically based. And I won't take the time to go all through that. In 2 Timothy, where you saw it there... It's all biblically based. The word of God is good for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. That's what the word of, that's what, that's what exhorting is. Remember, 
Stop doing this. Start doing this. How to keep doing this. That's what the Word of God's all about. Here's number three. Exercise the gift with patience. Let me read you in 2 Timothy. Paul says this. In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who would judge the living and the dead and view his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, why does he write that? Because if I'm an exhorter, what's my goal? I want to see you grow. And I probably want to see you grow faster than you're going to grow. Because that's true in my own life. So what happens? If a person doesn't follow through as we expect them to do, it can be very frustrating if you are this person with a gift. Because bottom line, what you're after is, you know if this person gets it, and you can get them through this period of depression or whatever. they're go- If they get it, they're going to be back on track. And man, they're going to grow like crazy. You're going, yes. If they're really slow at it, you go, mm. and you just have to have patience. That's hard. Second, what drives a person with the gift of exhortation, encouragement, come alongside crazy is when they're across from an individual. It's more an individual setting than it would be this setting. Could be this setting, but rarely this setting. More individual one-on-one. You're across from them, and you already know, as you're giving them step one, two, three, and four, and they're going, yeah, 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 you know when they walk out the door, they're going to do what? Just exactly what they want to do anyway, and they could care less what you just said. And you want to go, (laughs) not because it wasted your time, because you weren't able to accomplish what motivates you. And what motivates you? Seeing People change because you know if they do exactly the opposite of what the word says, you know that they'll be back in worse shape than now. That's the advantage of having a mature pastoral staff. We've been around the block a few times. We failed plenty times ourselves. And so Listen to those people that counsel you. Listen to the word of God from guys that have been around a while. Why? Because we see the outcome. Number four, make sure you're growing yourself. It does no good to be an encourager if you're not growing. You have to be fresh. You have to be anointed. You have to be in the spirit. Paul. And Philippians says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working toward the day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No wonder, brothers and sisters, I'm still not all I should be, but I'm focusing on my energies this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us to heaven. People live by encouragement and die without it. If you have this gift, exercise it. Be patient. Be growing. If you need encouragement, be around one that has a gift. Get yourself into a small group. Come to the one-to-one discipleship. If you need counseling, sign up. We'll work with you. It could be weeks because we have so many people, but we'll love to do that. We're here to watch you grow. And I want to say as your pastor tonight, you guys are doing incredible. Pastor Mark taught more about the gift of exhortation today. 
he reminded you that it's important to remember that the gifts are to be used through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just trying to use the gift will lead you to possibly giving poor advice and not what God wants you to give. You also found out that people live by encouragement and die without it. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching on the motivational gift of exhortation. Next time, he'll begin his teaching on the motivational gift of giving. You'll find out that while all Christ followers should have this gift to some degree, the gift described here goes further. Pastor Mark will show how this gift can go way beyond just financial giving to many other areas. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world